Good morning and welcome back to the Sam Hosek Media Podcast. Our next guest is the co-head coach of the Stouffville Spirit of the Ontario Junior Hockey League. Please join me in welcoming to the podcast, Andrew Campoli. Hey guys, how are you? Thanks for uh, having me out here, Sam. Absolutely, and uh, we'll jump right into things. Uh, how did you get into coaching? Uh, where did it begin for you? And uh, how did you end up coaching with the uh, Stouffville Spirit? Yeah, I don't, uh, yeah, coaching was, was something that was always uh, in the back of my mind growing up as a kid. Um, you know, my hockey career ended fairly early. Uh, I was 16, 17 years old. So um, it was my way of staying in the game uh, as, as close to it as possible without playing. So uh, I started helping out just as a goalie coach uh, at 17 years old with, you know, a couple of different teams for different cousins or relatives. Uh, slowly made it to an assistant coaching role in the AAA loop with the Mississauga reps uh, for a couple of years. Did um, you know minor, uh, bantam and minor midget with them, and then I got into uh, you know having my own team uh, at the minor Adam group in AAA, and then it kind of just snowballed from there. Uh, I think I'm going on almost 13 years of coaching now. Awesome, and. Uh... Now you guys finished this season with a record of 27, 24, and 3 for 61 points and uh, faced the Collingwood Colts in round one, high-paced series needing uh, seven games, and you guys came on out on top. Uh, how exciting was the entire season and playoff riding this year? The season was fantastic. Um, I don't know if you could um, build a better story uh, than we had. You know, we were a team that hasn't gotten the playoffs in a couple of years. Um, you know, we weren't really looked at as a threat coming into this year. Uh, if you kind of look at our roster, you can't, you really can't go down the roster and be like, oh, you know, he's a, he's a top OHL draft pick who's playing junior. He's a top, you know, NCAA player possibly. Um, we didn't have that at the beginning um, or even throughout the season. We, we found out fairly quickly that we had a bunch of guys that want to work hard. And once we were all working on the same level, uh, and consistently, we were we were definitely dangerous. You know, we faced a lot of adversity from injuries to, um, you know, a couple of players getting traded. Um, you know, realistically, it was it was a year full of adversity. Even you know, even in our last series against Collingwood, uh, you know, we had the the game where the lights the power went out for a five hour delay. Um, you know, obviously it worked to our advantage. Uh, we ended up winning that game. But if you could write a story on our season, it'd be uh, it'd be a bestseller. I'll tell you that. Yeah, no doubt, and I uh, myself had the privilege of coming up to watch a few of those games in Collingwood, and I knew uh, right away that game one that went into double overtime that it was going to be a very long series, probably seven games the way it did end, and uh, you guys were a hard-working team and gave it to Collingwood the entire time, and it was just it was an amazing series to watch uh, for sure. Yeah, it was. You know, I think I think the one thing that I think some people forget is that we were pretty evenly matched, um, you know, throughout the season, too. Like, you know, obviously Collingwood made a few more trades than we did toward the deadline. Um, you know, they kind of got a little stronger, and we had to bear down a little bit more. But I think, you know, when you're looking at every game, you're kind of dissecting every game of that seven-game series. Um, you know, the only game that was won by the team that didn't score first was game seven. So, you know, it was a very physical game, a very physical series. Uh, you know, it was, it could have went either way, 100%. You know, both teams are fantastic and, uh, you know, Collingwood put up a hell of a fight. So it was, it was a great series. 
Absolutely. And our next question here, just throwing it off a little bit here, just for the fans that won't know, there's going to be a couple of questions that in here are just going to be uh, really getting to know Andrew. So uh, what was your first NHL, NHL game you went to as a fan? Um, I, it's funny because I remember it pretty vividly. Um, I was five years old and I went to watch a Toronto versus Detroit game at Maple Leaf Gardens. Um, it was probably by far, you know, watching things on TV was, was great, but being in that atmosphere, uh, sitting down and especially at the gardens where, you know, that, that was probably one of the, uh, one of the original, uh, meccas of, of the original six teams. Right. So it was awesome to, uh, to watch a game, especially being that young and, you know, two original six teams going at it. It was, it was awesome. It was a hell of a memory. Absolutely. Now, uh, going back to uh, last month when you guys ended up putting the uh, Collingwood Colts out and were getting ready to face the uh, Pickering Panthers, once all the uh, big major leagues started to uh, shut down, was there a little bit of panic for you guys, seeing as it might be uh, over for you guys as well? Yeah, like I think, I think you know, whether it be our league uh, or across the CGHL or across the CHL, like realistically, um, everyone kind of gets a little tense, especially the overages, right? It's their last year when you when you're hearing of uh, a possible um, suspension to the playoffs or a potential end to the season. Um, you know, it kind of it kind of hurts a little bit, right? Like, you know, especially in the playoffs, you, you get through round one, you you start. We had a couple practices. Uh, we start scouting for round two. Start doing some video. Uh, obviously, we get wind of this, but I think you know there's stuff that's bigger than hockey out there. Uh, this is obviously one of them. This is something that no one ever could have ever imagined. Um, it's a big pandemic. It's affecting you know, millions of people worldwide. Um, so as much as we loved talking, as much as you know, we were kind of upset that the season was put on hold or, or eventually canceled. Um, you know, this is bigger than hockey. So we all had to kind of get in our get in our heads and understand that you know we have now this whole social distancing thing. That that's the that's the game we're playing right now, and that's uh, we're fighting for. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of people are kind of starting to realize that now that uh, really didn't at the start when everything's kind of getting shut down for the next couple months. So everyone kind of just needs to do their part from now on and then we can go back to enjoying our normal lives as soon as possible. Yeah. Uh, next question here, uh, best snack bar in the OJHL? Oof, that's a tough one. There's, I don't know. You can't go wrong like with arena fries and ketchup. There's something about that for sure. And a lot, it's very different in, in multiple rinks. Um, I'm not gonna lie. We had a new snack bar company come into Stouffville Arena this year. Uh, I was a frequent member of the uh, fries and ketchup order for sure. Uh, other than that, North York, you know, a snack bar that I was grew up eating at since I was a kid. Uh, and if I had to put maybe one more on it. Uh, you got to go with uh, Wellington for sure. They they do a hell of a setup there. For sure. Uh, this season it was 1999 born players over each season, and you guys had Noah Gow and uh, Connor May as the veterans. Just talk a little bit about what what each of these guys uh, meant to the team during their careers there. 
Yeah, uh, so those are two of the, the couple players. We had a couple more players as well as 99s. But, um, you know, Gal, you know, we picked him up kind of midway through the season there from Milton. Um, obviously, he had some, some pretty good numbers, but we didn't know what to expect. We didn't play him um, when we played Milton originally. So, um, you know, for us, we didn't know what we were getting into. I knew that he was a good goalie, a good kid. Um, but I think what we looked at from Noah was the fact that he was a fantastic teammate. Uh, as a 99 coming into a coming into a position where we had like an 01 as Beaver, you know, he was he was our starter. There was kind of no doubt about that. You know, Noah found himself battling for for starts, and he did. He got a bunch of starts that um, he might not have thought were coming his way for sure. And you know, he handled them very well. Uh, you know, he was a great role model for Beaver as well. And he was an all around team guy. Like, you know, I can't. You know, I can't describe to you how happy he was for the boys throughout the entire series against Collingwood. He didn't play a game, but uh, you would know that he was on the bench banging his stick as loud as he could, and you know, uh, you know, having his little trip fest there with some of the players and having a good time. So, for '99 to come in his last year, not be you know the go-to guy, that can sometimes be detrimental. But he played it off fairly well. He was a great teammate. He was a pleasure to coach. Um, so, you know, congrats, Noah, on all that, uh, Connor. I don't know if there's enough uh, enough time on your podcast to talk about Connor. To be honest with you, you know he's he was a great leader. Uh, the boys really looked up to him. You know he had a guy on his line this year, uh, Luke Strickland, and you know Luke put in 30, 30 goals this year um, as a rookie. And I don't know if I don't know if he would have done that exact same thing if he didn't have two amazing linemates like Dogs and and uh, and Connor. But you know Connor was you know he led by example. He was one of the hardest working guys. Uh, like I said, great leader. He scored some very, very timely goals for us. Um, you know, and, and he again coming from a couple of years in Stolbo where he didn't have a great year, or the team didn't have a great year. He literally put the team on his back this year and made sure that we were a playoff bound team. Yeah, absolutely. Watching him play in the, that series against Collingwood, he did. He for sure made some big plays and. I've known Noah for about five years now, and he, the work ethic that kid puts in is just its amazing to watch him play. Obviously, not seeing him play much in that at all at this series, obviously, against Collingwood, but I've seen him play before, and he his work ethic is uh, amazing. Yeah, no, 100%. And, you know, like I said, uh, big team guy. You know, that was, that was a big part of it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, when you aren't watching hockey, what are some sports that you watch uh, to pass the time? I'm a big baseball fan, to be honest with you. Um, obviously, the delay in sports and the suspension of all sports right now is kind of hurting everybody, but uh, big baseball fan. I play baseball throughout the summer. Um, no, I'm a big uh, big fan of curling, too. You can't, can't go wrong with a Canadian sport like curling. I think they drink more than uh, hockey players do, for sure. Um, but yeah, no, I would say, I would say baseball, curling, those are probably two of my favorite sports to watch on TV or be a part of. Awesome. Uh, yourself and Brendan Kiernan are the co-head coaches. Uh, take us through a little bit on how it works, uh, having two head coaches, uh, who kind of runs the bench and who is the one that's, uh, the most vocal during games. Yeah. You know what, uh, Brandon and I really didn't know each other before this year. Um, Andre hired us both on his assistants, um, you know, me on the defensive side and Brandon on the forward side. So, you know, going into this year, I didn't know Brandon very well. Um, and it didn't take long for the two of us to gel. Obviously, we had John Flute on the bench as well. Um, but it didn't, it didn't take much for the three of us to gel. It was fairly quickly. 
I think, you know, the camaraderie between the three of us and you know, the time that we spent on the bus rides and in the rinks and, you know, pre-practices and post-games and all that kind of stuff, uh, it really, it really helped. Um, you know, what the way the bench is kind of run is that Brando takes the forwards and I take the defense. Um, you know, I deal with more of the defensive set, the defensive plays in our own zone, uh, breakouts, stuff like that as well. Um, as well as penalty kill, and Brandon does everything north of the blue line, north of our blue line, uh, neutral zones, face-offs, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, vocally on the bench, I think we're we're both pretty, uh, we're both pretty loud if, if we need to be. Um, I think there's always a good cop, bad cop, and sometimes we're both bad cop, and sometimes we're both good cop. But uh, I think you know, if you ask the players that, that were on our roster this year, I think we had a very successful year. It's it's different, right? There's usually one voice. Uh, on a bench, and this year there was two. And I think we see the game very consistently, but I also think we see it maybe a little differently, which challenges each other, uh, which makes for an interesting conversation, right? We're always kind of going after our systems and seeing how we can, you know, break through a system this way or break through a system that way. And it's it's kind of cool to have that uh, that passion between two guys that are still working towards the same goal. So, Absolutely, and it, it for sure looked like those guys in Stouffville this year really bought into having you both on the bench. It wasn't they were turning to one guy or the other. It, they were listening to both you guys, and that helps for sure. Yeah. Now, uh, what does a typical home game uh, game day look for you? Uh, take the fans through what your daily life on a day that you'll be at the rink for that night looks like. Yeah, you know, like so, you know, we all have full time jobs, right? This is uh, this isn't what we do for a living. So unfortunately, our our game days start with us at work. Um, you know, I don't know how much work we actually get done, um, just because you know when it's on game day, we're we're kind of scouting, we're doing video stuff and getting ready for uh, our day at the rink there. But uh, the coaches usually meet about three hours before the game. We sit down, we kind of go over some video, uh, go over our lineup for the game. Uh, our players arrive about two hours uh, pre game. Um, you know, they have their warm-ups. We do a couple meetings from power play, PK. We show some videos to special teams. Uh, and then we get on to a, a group meeting for the team that goes over our, our, our systems for, for that game in hand um, and our goals that we want to achieve, some stats and shots on that, and turnovers and stuff like that. So we challenge them every game, uh, which is good. But, uh, yeah, other than that, realistically, you know, being at home was uh, – was a, was really good this year. We had a lot of fans come out. The, the they really bought in to what we had. It was a little sparse at the beginning of the year because you know I think most fans were thinking that you know we were going to have the same team we had the last couple of years. But when we started winning, winning and uh, went on a little bit of a streak there, we started to get some some uh, butts in the seats there, and it was good. It was by the end of the season we had I think five, six, seven hundred maybe fans by the end of the games, uh, which was fantastic. So it was. It was good to see kind of Stoville come around again and, and be a part of uh, be a part of junior hockey for sure. Absolutely, and uh, now on the road games, it, obviously it's different for every game. But uh, just take us through kind of a general uh, day and how that would look for you guys there. Yeah, it, it really depends on who you're playing, right? Like if you're playing somebody that you need to take a bus to, or if somebody that you're really uh, you know all the guys are driving to, it kind of differs. Um, on the bus, you know, we like to kind of get some video going on the bus, um, you know, chatting to some of the guys, you know, uh, obviously, you know, if you're going to trench, you got a couple hours to kill, so you want to make the most of it. Um, you know, getting to the rink, obviously having a good stretch is important, well, making sure that you don't have bus legs, um, 
know, that's super important. And then again, our same routine that we do at home with a couple meetings and video sessions uh, with special teams, and then uh, our, our entire team entire team meeting as well. But um, yeah, it just it, I guess it really depends if you're going on a bus trip or not. Because if not, then you kind of get the you know all 20 guys getting there you know relatively the same time minus a couple minutes from each other. So. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, now here, over the over your years of coaching, uh, what's your favorite memory of the best game you remember being a part of? That's a tough one. Uh, this year was a lot of good memories. Um, I was coaching in Markham the last the last four years with the Royals. Um, I would I would say like you know we had a couple of big comebacks this year, Stovo. Like we came back against Markham. Uh, we came back against Aurora. Uh, to win games, but I think you know we had some fantastic memories this year, especially the series against Collingwood. That was, that was something going to Game Seven, and you know Collingwood having you know 1,200 fans in every game was was kind of kind of insane. But it was kind of great to play in that atmosphere. Uh, but if I had to think of one one memory in my hockey coaching career that would kind of um, be something that I'll look at for a long time is last year when I was with Mark when we were down three nothing in the series to Newmarket. And we ended up actually coming back and beat them four three in the series. Um, you know that takes that takes a lot of guts, a lot of buy in, and a lot of confidence in your players and coaching staff to get that done. So I would say coming back from three zero to win the series four three that's that's something you, you kind of remember, you don't forget for quite some time. Absolutely, and uh, obviously spending the last couple of years with the Malcolm Royals, some of those guys uh, have made it to the next level. And one guy that uh, I'll get your uh, opinion on, you faced him uh, last year when he was with uh, Newmarket, was Mitchell Weeks, their goaltender, who's now uh, with the Sudbury Wolves. Just uh, talk a little bit about him and then some of the guys from Malcolm that you've coached over the years that uh, made it to the next level a little bit. Yeah, you know, Weesey's a great goalie. You know, what I mean, like, um, I, I don't know if I can say enough good things about him. I didn't know him personally as a, as, a, as a kid, but obviously we knew him when we were playing against him. Um, but he was a sound goalie. A lot of movement was good. Um, obviously, he's made the next level, which is fantastic. Um, you know, in the last four years in Markham, we've had some guys. You know, uh, you know, Obbs, uh, Bray Nob, and Luciani. Uh, these guys have gone to play higher level hockey in, in, in different in different universities. Uh, Lucas Condado. Uh, that UMass Bowl, um, you know, we've had a really good success of getting players to the next level. And it's just, you know, I think I think the thing is, too, I think a lot of these guys, um, especially, you know, you know, the OHL draft was this weekend, this past weekend, and I think a lot of these players that go into the draft and don't get drafted, I think, they're, you know, their heads might not be, um, you know, going the right way right now just because, you know, they're upset about them not being drafted. And you'll, you'll look at the, a lot of the guys that came out of junior in our loop. Um, a lot of these guys aren't drafted, you know. A lot of these guys, like, this is where the work starts. Um, I think one of my favorite players that I've ever coached was Anthony Sorelli, and we coached him in minor midget for uh, the reps. And that's another player who went undrafted to ended up, you know, playing for the Jennies, won a Mem Cup there, and now he's on the top line in Tampa Bay. So, you know, you have to look at it that way as well, where, you know, junior is a great league to come and play. Junior is a great league to come and play to make sure, you know, you're developing your skills, honing your skills in, and then obviously you're going to get looked at. And if you look at a guy like Condotta, who is, uh, you know, a workhorse for the, the entire, entire duration with us, 
um, it paid off, right? You know, he's, he's having a fantastic year at UMass Lowell as well. And it, it's good to see some of these guys go on and achieve their goals and go to school. Um, obviously, guys that are going to go play in the OHL, same for them. It's, it's a big it's a big feather in their cap. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a serious pleasure to be a part of any of these guys' lives right now. Yeah, absolutely. And for anyone that's really uh, disappointed about not being drafted this year, it's not really the end of their career. They can go join the OJHL or go play junior somewhere else. A guy that I've known for a while that's now in the NHL, uh, Andrew Mangiapane, undrafted in the OHL, undrafted in the NHL. Barry brought him on as a free agent in the OHL and look at him now. He's up in the NHL at the Calgary Flames and he's one of their top players up there. So it uh, doesn't matter if you go undrafted, you you can have a second chance at playing junior for sure. Yeah, I think I think that's a big mindset, right? Like, you know, it's, it's especially now with all the mental health stuff that's going on in the world now and, um, you know, reaching out to people to talk to. I think a lot of kids, especially they work so hard for their entire minor hockey careers to get to that draft day. And, you know, if their name doesn't get called, they feel that it was all a waste. It was all for nothing. And, and it, it's definitely not, like, you know, what I tell my players, like, I'm 31 years old, you know, Brandon's 30 and John's 34, so we're relatively younger coaches, is that, like, at the end of the day, I've learned so many life skills from hockey or from organized sports. It wasn't the fact that, you know, I needed to get drafted to be where I am in my professional career today. Um, I learned the basics, teamwork, um, commitment, hard work, all these things have got to me where I am in my life. Um, and at, at bare minimum, if hockey is not something that they don't get into in the future and they don't you know, continue a career in the OHL, the AHL, the NHL, or you know, playing in Europe somewhere, they have to look at those things and what they took from the game and not just you know, where they ended up. So I think that's super important. Yeah, absolutely. Now, if you could go back to when you made the choice to get into coaching from all your experience in this field now, what would uh, one piece you, of advice you would give to a younger uh, version of yourself? Oof, that's a tough one. Um, be patient. I think, I think that was one thing I wanted. Uh, I, I wasn't patient when I was younger. I didn't really fully understand the game. I think, you know, you can't, as a coach, you can't, fully understand the game you never stop learning uh and i think that's something where if you talk to younger coaches they come in maybe because they just had a playing career and they've ended early or whatever the case may be or they got into coaching but um never stop learning i think that's the biggest thing like i'm continuously brando and i right now are are on the uh, nhl um webinars that they're doing right now on different you know different systems and different pks and power plays and stuff like that and we're doing that right now, actually, you know, so we're, we're continuously learning. So I think that was, that's one thing I could tell young me was never stop, like push yourself, uh, find different ways to learn, whether that's different courses online, uh, different people. I think there's so many influential people in hockey that are owners of organizations or a part of organizations. Uh, and just to sit down and chat with them about the game uh, and how it's changed over the years. I think you know, if I had to go back, I would say just spend more time doing that. Absolutely. And uh, what advice would you give to anyone who is looking into getting into coaching either at the minor hockey level or uh, at junior? Um, advice would be do it because you love the game. Do it because you want the best for the kids, not just for the fact that you want to be close to hockey. I think there are 
lot of coaches that have coached for quite some time that, um, you know, especially the minor level hockey in, you know, in the, in the GTHL and the OMHA and the AAA loop where they kind of bring a team up to minor midget, they get drafted and they go back down and, and that, and that's great. Um, you know, those guys I have a lot of respect for, you know, there's a lot of time commitment and all that, you know, people that have families and wives and kids, um, you know, it, it's tough for those people to do all that, but they do it because they love the game. Um, yeah, I, to be honest with you, I would say do it. I, I think I think it's one way to learn about yourself. I think you learn a lot about yourself in a coaching role, um, how you deal with different situations. Uh, you deal with people. Um, there's so many things to learn, and so many so many avenues to kind of just push your personal growth. That uh, you know, going into coaching might be scary because sometimes you're coaching with people that know a lot more than you do. Um, sometimes you're coaching kids. And their parents have played professional hockey, so that might be terrifying as well. Um, but I think if you're genuinely a good person and you care about the kids and you care about the future of them, I think you're in. Uh, I think you're in the right position. Absolutely. Well, it's been an honor, uh, Andrew. I'd like to personally thank you for hopping on here and uh, look forward to seeing the success you guys have in uh, Stovall next year. Thanks, Sam. Looking forward to seeing you again, buddy. You too. We'll chat soon.